So for a while now, people have been making preparations. Preparations to celebrate a great event in the battle between the darkness and the light. And some time ago, uh, you might say a long time ago, in a place that was far, far away, something amazing happened, something that completely changed the tide of the rebellion. And so now, here we are. And many people have planned to celebrate this big day, even picking out special outfits to wear as they gather with friends and family. So what about you? Have you gotten ready for Christmas? Now, you probably heard that a new Star Wars movie is opening this weekend. No? All right. The Force Awakens. It's the first new Star Wars film to come out in a decade. And as some thrilled viewers have ecstatically commented, it is the first to really recapture the spirit of the first trilogy, which ended with 1983's Return of the Jedi. In the months leading up to this weekend's release, I have felt for the people who have been tasked with getting this movie ready. It's an impossible burden, almost. All the expectation, all of the hope that people had put upon it, that they would be able to continue telling the story that left off with the original trilogy, episodes one through three for the devout out there. And from what I've heard so far, avoiding spoilers, they have succeeded in recapturing the spirit of what had come before. It's a big question to have to answer. What happens after the great deliverer comes and wins victory for the people? When the prophet Micah's day, which was a couple of centuries at least, after King David's victories over the nation's enemies and his legendary reign, the people of Judah and Israel were living in comfortable times. They were doing pretty well for themselves, and the empire of Assyria up to the north left them pretty much in peace. They enjoyed a time of great prosperity. But in that prosperity, they'd become complacent and corrupt. Like the other prophets of his day, including the great prophet Isaiah, Micah delivered God's call for the people to turn from their complacency to return to the Lord, warning of the coming judgment, living in a manner that ignored, that rebelled against God's instruction. God's people had lost their way. They needed to be recalibrated. They needed to be set back on the right direction. So as we look ahead to Christmas and the new year and the future that follows it, how does your life need to be recalibrated? Peace and prosperity can leave you complacent. And complacency is a stumbling block, one that can trip you up, cause you to lose your way, lose your course of direction. The peace and prosperity that our nation has enjoyed now seems to be leading people into celebrating, or maybe even more accurately, worrying about all the stuff that happens around Christmas, rather than focusing on the great victory, the great act of the light that stands at the center of Christmas. 
We've allowed ourselves to go off course merely because we have been convinced of the rightness of our own desires and our own perspectives. And if we look back to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, we can see that we're not alone in that. Like many people who grew up on the original Star Wars trilogy, I was a little disappointed with the prequel movies when they came out. But after hearing what others have had to say about them and some particular plot points in them, I've begun to appreciate the stories that they have to tell. There's a thread that runs through episodes one through three that centers on a prophecy. The prophecy is that there would be a chosen one who would come and bring balance to the mystical force that is such a major part of the Star Wars universe. And the Jedi, who had long been the good guardians of the galaxy, well, they thought that the prophecy would point to someone who would do a good thing for them. They assumed it meant what they wanted it to mean. But the Jedi had lost their way in complacency. They failed to understand that the balance between the light side and the dark side that the prophecy foretold was not necessarily going to be a good thing for them. And the boy at the center of the prophecy would ultimately be the agent of their doom. And maybe their salvation. The opening of this prophecy from Micah that we heard just a short while ago is probably the best known part of this book of the Bible. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Pretty much all of God's word up to this point in Micah's message was a word of judgment, a word of warning of what was to come. Because God's people had been unfaithful, the Lord warned that it was only going to be a matter of time before the Assyrian Empire strikes back to the south and shatters Israel's peace and prosperity once and for all. Their complacency would come to an end. They would be recalibrated the hard way. But God did not leave his people there. He did not leave them cast off and desperate. In this prophecy, God promises a new hope that would come from the little town of Bethlehem. The restored people could head into the future in the spirit of the king who had come before. Now, centuries after all of this, when Jesus was in Galilee calling those who followed him to be his disciples, one of them, a man named Nathaniel, famously asked, can anything good come from Nazareth? But what if Jesus was not known as Jesus of Nazareth? What if he was known as Jesus of Bethlehem? Nobody would ask, can anything good come from Bethlehem? Everybody knew that was the city of David. That was the royal city from which the king, the great king had come. Even the scribes of Herod's day recalled Micah's words here when the wise men came from the east asking where the baby had been born who would be king of the Jews. They knew the prophecy 
that the king God would send into the world would be from Bethlehem. Well, God worked in an unexpected way before with David. David was the least of his brothers from the least little village in Judah. And God worked through David to deliver his people, to to give them peace, resetting their direction as a nation. But David wasn't perfect. As a king, he lost his way in prosperity, giving way to complacency and worse yet, adultery and murder. So the people who looked to Micah's prophecy for hope needed a king who would be even better than David. And that's what we're looking ahead to in this season of Advent. Jesus, whose birth in Bethlehem we will be celebrating just a few short days, was the ruler from David's line that God had promised. Jesus had royal roots. He was David's son, but he was also David's Lord. Jesus was the greater king that God had promised, the king that the people needed, the king that we need. Because he's a king who doesn't lose his way. He was faithful for you and me as he journeyed through our world from Bethlehem's manger to Calvary's cross. He was faithful remembering his people, remembering his father's will, carrying the guilt of our complacency, the guilt of our rebellion into death once and for all. As you move from Christmas, or move from Advent into Christmas, into the future beyond it, you can do so in the spirit of what has come before. In Jesus, we have a greater king than David, one who has reclaimed the glory that God has promised his people by bringing us into a restored relationship with our creator. Jesus' history is your history too. Your family has its roots in Bethlehem. We started this journey of Advent weeks ago remembering what it meant to be home, talking about the king's city. Consider your home, your origin as God's child in the waters of baptism and know that there he gave you faith. And faith is a power greater than any force in the galaxy. Look back to the future with Micah and see the life that God gives you. A life that is not mired in complacency, but rather set free to live in the light of Christ. A long time ago in a Bethlehem, far, far away, something happened that would change the course of history forever. The Savior was born. The King is coming. And he shall be our peace. Amen.